Hi, I'm Cynthia, the spontaneous F-bomb dropping Virgo who likes to sort socks. And I'm Michelle, the highly inquisitive, science-loving hypnotherapist who reads and walks a whole lot. You're You're listening listening to to It's All Connected. Connected. We decided to start this podcast because we are wildly curious and we want to talk about how events are connected, like spirit, business, love, and relationships, especially if the cause isn't obvious. We're also going to be talking about self-expansion and life's true purpose, because it's our belief that there are invisible cosmic forces tying things together, often in unexpected and wonderful ways. We want to learn how people think about connections, making space for serendipity, the unknown, and magic. Nerd out with us and have fun along the way. Follow us and expand your sense of what's possible. Because it's all connected! Welcome, and thank you for listening to It's All Connected. Michelle Walters and I, Cynthia Varkiviser, are here with a very special guest, someone very special to my heart, Dee Hampton. Now, Dee was born and raised in the Mission District of San Francisco, and she loves martial arts, bowling, being creative, and living a sober spiritual life. Her favorite hobby is nursing, and she loves that the work pays the bills. And there's a ticket to a greater career. She's inspired by her career life includes the Asian Zodiac, random words, and repetitive patterns that connect with her internal rhythm. She draws mostly with Sharpies, acrylic pens, and whatever is handy for her artwork. Before COVID, she drew mostly on pads, and with shelter in place, she was inspired to take a huge leap by drawing big and now she feels limitless in her artwork. So that, my friends, is Dee Hampton. So I'm thrilled also to have Dee joining us today. The theme of our show today is successful relationships. And uh, Dee is Cynthia's partner. They've been together for many years. Cynthia has told me a couple of times she thinks they're a somewhat unlikely couple. So we'll be talking a little bit about that in our show. But what we really want to kind of understand, I think where all relationship stories begin is how did it begin? And so I'm going to, I'm going to let you guys kind of ping pong it back and forth. But since I've already heard this story once or twice from Cynthia, I'd love to hear the story beginning with Dee's words. Dee, how did you guys meet? Uh, okay. <clears throat> One of the things in my bio is that I love martial arts and that is where we met. Uh, I was practicing an, a form of an Indonesian martial art and Cynthia brought her two, I think they were 10 year old uh, twins to the studio and she joined. She joined and the kids joined. And um, so we started being training, training mates. So that's how we met. Um, the studio that we belong to is really community focused. So oftentimes we have other stuff that happens. People hang out after class. And I think I got to know Cynthia mostly like during those times in between class and after class. Oh, wait, now I want you to be specific because that's the thing that makes us really funny, right? So the truth is, is that we didn't really know each other because, you know, it's training, but for some reason, Dee decides to pull me aside and she says, hey, step into my office. And this office is actually the restroom. So we go into the restroom and she says, I don't know how you feel about gambling, but I have a football pool, right, Dash? Oh, and just so you know, 
I call her Dash and she she does not call me Cynthia. I know that I'm in trouble. Actually not in trouble, but there's something going on when she calls me Cynthia, right? So, so yes, that is true. That that is sort of so. It's here's the deal. I don't think I would have called her into my office, the bathroom, uh, <laughs> if if I hadn't felt like there was like we there there was some kind of in. And I'll just say that like uh, one of the things I liked about Cynthia just as a teammate was is that she's super physical, doesn't isn't afraid to kind to kind of mix it up. And, um, but has, but has a sense of boundary. So it's not like she's going to go in and try and kill you. She just goes in full force and makes training fun. So when we would be fighting or sparring, it was fun. Every year I have a Super Bowl pool because I love the Super Bowl. And, uh, and I like, I also like to gamble. <laughs> so I try to get people to join my Super Bowl pool. And so at the studio, our teacher didn't really want me going around doing that. Um, she was aware of she was aware of what I did, but she didn't want me doing it because there was parents and all that kind of stuff. So I would take my teammates and I go, "Hey, you want to come into my office?" A little joke, right? But it really was the only space at the <laughs> studio, and I was the only person who utilized the the private bathrooms in that way. And, so you think? Yeah, and so for the record, she does. She did was into gambling and she was all over my Super Bowl pool. So yeah, that is kind of how she got to know a little bit of, about me. Another side of you. And an, yeah, the other side of D, yeah. The yeah. other side of D. So did did she win? Oh, I don't think she won that year, but I mean <laughs> we have like tons of Super Bowl stories, including uh, so like I said, she's pretty competitive. And so once you <laughs> kind of once once somebody says they'll be in my Super Bowl pool, it's almost an automatic that I have to invite them to the Super Bowl party. It right. makes seem rude, right? To right. go and give, give me your money. And so <laughs> she would come to the Super Bowl pools. And I remember this this one Super Bowl pool where I was right there. It was a it was a game where like there was like, I don't even know. It felt like 10 seconds left on the clock for this one quarter and the money was mine. And so I started like, t I was holding the money. So I started rubbing my body with the money. <laughs> I like rubbing it. It's like, it's like, this is mine, this is mine, this is mine. And then the freaking score changed before the 10 seconds. And uh, yeah, I think it went to her. I went to- It did. Yes. Oh man. So, but here's what happened. I actually told her. And the thing that I loved about our relationship, just as friends, because we were friends for a really long time, is that it's really hard to embarrass D or to make her feel a little bit. So that was actually my mission because I am a little bit of a shit disturber, just a little bit. And Dee is known as being the shit disturber in the group, or at least she was, because that was a long time ago. So to disturb the shit disturber is like a big deal, right? So if she's doing her thing, she's rubbing her money. And I said, I wouldn't do that because I just had a, I had a feeling. And what they did, it was a, it was a, a point after touchdown. It's called a PAT or known as the extra point. And they, uh -huh. if I remember, D, what they did is that they faked it and they did something else, right? Isn't that what they did? Yeah. So they were just they supposed to go in for the point, the kick after, and I think they they drove it in for the two points at the last minutes, which changed. And I got the money the and the winner. <laughs> yeah, it was super. It was super irritating, and I did a money dance for no reason. Yeah. <laughs>
And that's Nobody one of the things. wants to do a money dance for no reason. You want to do the money dance because you're taking it home. Exactly, exactly. And so, yeah, so lots of lots of stuff like that. I will say there's the, uh, like in like the I think this the title of this thing is like unlikely scenarios. And I will say that probably the unlikely part to our relationship is is that I I'm gay and I've been gay since I was very very young. And, uh, and when I met Sid, she was married with two children. And it, you know, she wasn't like on my radar in that way, but I gravitated towards her because she has a great sense of humor. She has a great sense of humor. She's mischievous. And she, she likes to do the kind of crazy stuff that I like to do. And again, through training, one of the things we did, and these are all before we actually got together, but sort of cemented I, for me, like, you know, like, I really like this person uh, is like, we, we were training really hard one week and it was like a, a, a special training. And in between it, I looked at her and I go, you want to play a, a game? And she goes, what kind of game? And I go, it's called in, um, illegal or inappropriate. And so the premise behind the, <laughs> the premise behind the game is basically it's like kind of like uh instead of truth or dare it's just dare dare and so like <laughs> it's a form of chicken it's a form of chicken right and so i kind of made up the rules right there because i was really just making up the rules anyway it wasn't a real game and so i said okay so it's kind of like this if i turn around we're going to go someplace and we're going to you can either do something illegal or you can do something inappropriate whatever it is we're going to gauge we're going to judge it and whoever did the most illegal or inappropriate thing wins so let's say we go into a restaurant and i steal a roll of toilet paper which she and, did which i did and her 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 move was I, to jaywalk i win you know what i mean like that's yeah, you know, yeah right. Right. right 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 so but over the like it just got bigger and bigger like yeah, really I, I know cynthia this level of one-upmanship <laughs> yeah would, yeah would just it could hit the moon yeah yeah so so like, I think like, like um, in terms of like energetically, like probably not so counterintuitive given our life when we met and how we met, it wasn't, it wasn't in my radar. I was in a relationship as well. And I was in several relationships before we got together and, you know, she was married. So yeah, just mostly from being friends and being kind of goofy together. We had a common goal, which was to embarrass our kids who were also training. And just so you know, there was a, is there a 10 year difference between our kids? Um, probably. Yeah. About yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So there's a, there's a 10 year difference and it was really funny to see that it didn't matter how old they were. You could still be embarrassed by your, your parents just being your parents. And so we found out that our kids were playing this game where when, when, when one parent, you know, embarrassed them, that they would get a point. And once Dee and I found out about it, we decided we were going to see who could rack up the most points. And uh, Dee won hands down, but it was a great rent for our money because, you know, if they were going to go ahead and, and try and, and do that, then let's just, you know, let's just see. Let's just so, see what happens. So we don't have to get into all the gory details, but I am curious about Dee winning hands down. Did Dee win hands down due to quantity of illegal and inappropriate activities or was it the quality of the illegal and inappropriate uh, activities? 
I think it's both. 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 And just so you know, Dee didn't cheat. Actually, to be honest, either, neither one of us actually went to illegal. So we went to inappropriate. So it would be inappropriate things that were just freaking hilarious and really, um, really innocent. Right, Dash? Yeah. Well, I would say that the reason I probably won hands down was is that Sid wouldn't do it in certain venues, right? So like at our martial arts school, she had a higher respect for our teacher than I did. Our teacher <laughs> is a friend of mine. So I would do stuff that she would just go like, she, she just couldn't find her way across the line. You know, like it would be like, just like stupid stuff. Like I'd say, I'd say some like, um, you know, like I'm a nurse and mostly what I do is psychiatric nursing or sexual health nursing. And I'd say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, we, we, we would have a business meeting and I go, I'm going to make sure to insert this word. And it would be a clinical sexual term into our, our meeting at some point. And then, you know, like if I, you know, most, most of the time I could do kind of crazy stuff like that. And, uh, and Sid couldn't, couldn't pull it off. I couldn't. And we actually also would one up it because there would always be money involved. So $5, it was never a huge amount of money, but it's like, there's no way there is. We see the no gambling continues. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. gambling. Well, I mean, we yeah. like to. There is a theme there. Yeah. It's not, a, it's not about taking the other person's money. It's how you take their money, right? Because there's the gloating that goes with it. So yeah. that's, ah. that's the thing ah, that we like, like the money so much. dance. Like the money dance. Well, okay. So here's the thing about the money. Yeah. The thing about the money dance is that at, at these um, football pool, you couldn't collect your money, even though you won that quarter, you couldn't collect your money until you did the money dance. So the thing about D is that she was doing the money dance before the quarter was over. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. So I actually got to do the gloaty money dance. Oh, even better. At that one time. Yeah. It was even better. Great. Great memory. I'm going to take just a quick moment here to remind our listeners that you are listening to It's All Connected with Cynthia Varkadisser and me, Michelle Walters. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app, hit subscribe, and don't miss any of our future upcoming and exciting interviews. So I want to come back to the question of kind of how you guys switched from being Cynthia married with two little kids and a martial art loving D who was off having her own gay relationships, how you got from there to being a couple. Cause you've been a couple for quite a while, I believe. So, so give me the, uh, the story of how you got from there to here. Uh, I can tell you my side uh, by that time, by the time that D and I actually started looking at each other differently the kids were already um, through high school. So it, it, we had been friends for years. And um, I was at a place in my relationship with um, their dad that it was, it was fun and we were friends. And I remember having a talk with uh, my source. So I had a talk with God and I said, God, I have, I'm really grateful and I have a, a, a really nice life but I would like to have things to enrich it because I, I wasn't really being fed in the way that I wanted to. So I said, I just want a guy friend that would watch independent movies, speaks a different, speaks a second language. And I can't remember. And, and will take me to the beach. 
and will take me to the water. So those are the only the three things. And um, again, Dee's just my friend. And one day she says, hey, you want to go to this movie? Happens to be an independent film. And um, we used to actually go on lots of walks together during our training. And, uh, and that's when I found out that she um, speaks Spanish fluently, uh, conversationally. And, uh, and we would walk by the water. It was really kind of interesting. It was really kind of interesting how kind that put it happened. out there, what you were looking for. And then right. you realized, Hey, it's right here in front of me. Right. Right. Absolutely. So that's my side. That's my side of the story. What's your side D? Um, I would say that I wasn't looking at Cynthia in that way. What happened was, is that we, we did start, you know, after training that long with people, you know, you do invite them to different events. And uh, so we, me and some of my friends had invited her to several, you know, of the celebrations that happened in June and in, in the San Francisco Bay area, right. And, mm -hmm. you know, like the queer marches and stuff like that. And she was always fun to come around. I'm sober. I don't, I, I don't drink at all. I don't use any drugs. Um, but some of my friends do, and she was just kind of a good time. And um, so there was, so there was that. And then I really just liked hanging out with her. She had a great sense of humor. She was easy to be around. She was easy to talk to. And she very similar, like she was, she was brown in a particular kind of way. We, um, in terms of family kind of love and things that we, you know, like inviting somebody over to your house, you don't, you don't like, you know, you feed them, you feed them, you have people in your house. And it was just very familiar. So I was in a relationship and I thought I, you know, I'd been in multiple relationships. And one of the things that kept happening was, is that I felt like they weren't working out. I'd go seven years and then all of a sudden we would not be together. And I could not figure out what I was doing wrong. I was sober. I worked hard. I felt like I was doing all the right stuff. And then somebody would say, yeah, this is not working out. And uh, so uh, my relationship was just coming up on four years and the person I was with said, Hey, I want to have a conversation. And I was like, I knew what time it was. I did. I was like, <laughs> I was like, so I said, if you're calling me here to tell me you're breaking up with me, do not bother. I don't, we don't need to have that convo. I can just get up and walk right now. And she said, well, that's what it is. I was like, great. I'm out of here. And I walked right out the door and I went over to my friend's house and I said, I was so upset. I just felt like I didn't know what else I could do. And that particular person was in recovery. And so I felt like there was an added layer of this is going to work. And what I told my friend was, uh, Frank better watch out because I'm going after Sid. Because I just felt like if I was going to not get what I wanted, I might as well have fun and be with somebody that I really knew I got along with. And, um, this had nothing to do with whether she was going to come my way or not. It was just like, you know, what had been taboo was all of a sudden it was off the table. I was kind of a little mad. I was like, fuck that. So uh, that is what happened for, for me. And I think in the moment, I don't think it would have gone any further and stuff like that. But because I was mad, I sent her an email and basically said, hey, I'm broken up. Do you like, what do you, where are you at? Where are you at right now? And she happened to be out of the freaking country. She was out of the country. It's I tough. was in the Netherlands getting ready to take um, Amber to Paris for uh, during Aww. her during her break. Yeah, during her break. And I was really mad. I was really mad at her. Um, 
at her partner at the time because Dee was, you know, she was so close to all these great things happening. I was like, that is the shittiest thing you could do at the shittiest time. So, you know, I wasn't looking at Dee that way, but I was ready to beat somebody up because they really hurt my friend. And uh, yeah, so it was, it, it's, it's a really interesting thing because it's a little bit, it's so fluid. You just don't know, but, but that's, that was the trajectory. That was the trajectory that was going on. Yeah. So you came back in the country, something happened and your relationship flipped from being just friends to more than just friends. I would just say, Sid, this is where like the, it all comes out because by the time she came back from Europe, I'd gotten a better sense of myself. And I was like, no, I had told, I had told my friend Louise, I was like, she goes, what do you want? And I go, I want somebody like Sid. I want somebody I can laugh with. I want somebody who it's easy to hang out with. And, you know, does this stupid stuff I do, you know, like I and I, they, I don't have to explain to them about my love for gambling or blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? That they understand it all. And, uh, but I was, by that time I was like, no, I'm not going to go after my friend. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. But Sid caught the drift of whatever it was and was like, yeah, I want to check this out. And I really was like trying to put some buffer between us. Like, let's wait, let's, you know, let's wait. And uh, yeah, it didn't work out the way, the wait so much. <laughs> I would not. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it was like, I think something happened when I said, I, you know, energetically i i got it in motion and Mm -hmm. yeah and she kept the 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 spark going yeah it was actually it was actually really interesting because before all this happened i um god we're just gonna put it out there right i didn't know that that was going to happen but um i told my ex that at that you know that i was curious i was curious about um, um, having, um, sex with a woman because that had not, that had not happened for me. You know, I didn't get to go to college and have that thing happen. (laughs) Right. Um, what do a lot of people say? It's you're a lug, you know, lesbian until graduation for, for (laughs) at women's colleges, but, but, um, and, and it was a, it was an open conversation. And, and so, um, you know, the thing that happened was, but that I also found out is that there's no such thing as, as having sex without having feelings. So, so there was, there was that, and it just kind of got strange from there, but it was, um, and I apologize to D to this day because, um, we had a really good time and that was not, that was, and everything that we did was clean, right. And good fun and things like that. And that was not, that was one thing that we didn't do clean in our, in our, all of our time together. So yeah, that's my, that's my huge apology out there. She, she's basically talking about how we got together and that prior to that, everything was pretty easy. And, but the get together had a little rocky start. I mean, she had a husband, she had two kids who she did not want them to be hurt. They were on their way to college. She didn't want to interfere with that kind of stuff. I wasn't used to having secret relationships. It was, you know, my friends were like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm sorry about that, but like about the cursing. And uh, and as a human being, I had just, you know, graduated from nursing school. 
I was just about to get my black belt in, in martial arts after putting it on hold to go to nursing school. Like there was just big things jumping off in our life. It was not a convenient time or an easy, an e easy ent entry. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a really, it was a really strange thing. But having said that, as messy as it was, the secrets didn't have to do with that. We were on the down low. It was more like, who are we going to tell first? If that's right, who are we going to tell first? Because it was really important that my, that I told my kids that I, that I knew it was going on with my, you know, with, with their dad. And, um, so those things had to happen first. And then, and then because we train at the same place, you know, that's kind of a big deal too. So, sure. so sure. yeah, so it wasn't about being careful. It was just about choosing um, how to well, go about it. Yeah. I mean, it's about communicating a big thing, a very mm -hmm. big thing to a lot of, of intimate people, like your family, your martial arts community. I mean, that's, that's a big, it's a big shift and it, probably was very unexpected for many of them. So uh, unexpected for me. I don't know about you, Dash, but it was unexpected for me. I tell people, I'm like, if someone would have told me this 10, 12 years ago, I would have said, you are high, right? That is just not about to happen. I'm having way too much fun. And um, here, here we are. I'm having fun in a different way, in a different way. So that's where we need to catch up to now. So we've gotten the history. We understand about the money dance and about the gambling and about the martial arts. But what I want to talk about now is how you guys keep your relationship going. How, what, what is the success behind it? What is the magic behind it? How, how, how do you guys do that? You want to go first, Ash? Sure. I, I think like that whole way in which we became friends, which is that we both, she has a, she has a sense of humor and I have a sense of humor. I wake up every morning laughing. Like there's always something I go to bed and I'm laughing. And so I think that's a lot of it. I also, uh, I think we both come from places of, uh, not wanting to sit in conflict. And so we, we don't really yell at each other. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that we don't have disagreements and the disagreements could be anything from, I don't think you know what you're talking about on this particular song. Yeah, I think you're full of shit. Uh, or to, you know, like, are you gonna go? Are you gonna ditch out of my family's event again? Which is like, you know, really kind of, kind of been some hard stuff. But I, I think we kind of navigate through the stuff and try to figure out a way. And I think it comes from us both having a spirituality of integrity. I would just say, really different avenues where our, our spirituality comes from and lands but it, it the bottom of it is is like having an integrity about how we walk through the world I know how I want to walk through the world and I think she knows how she wants to walk through the world and so somehow that's the line that goes there but being able to laugh with somebody is I don't know it's I think it's super key it's kind of priceless you know? yeah. I, I, and I got to tell you, there's lots of ways in which we should like our money stuff is really different. The way we look at money, the way we look at, you know, sometimes like how much we want to see our families, you know, how we want to spend our holidays and navigating all that stuff coming to the table as grownups with already having grown kids and grown families. 
uh, lots of stuff to, to work through. Yeah. The, the thing for me about Dee is that she shows up for me in ways that no one else has. And I'll give you an example. Uh, a lot of people, when they found out that I do intuitive work, they, you could tell that there was going to be a little bit of a buffer or a little bit of distance. And Dee didn't, Dee didn't have that. As a matter of fact, as I was talking to her about my work, she was working at, um, at uh, San Francisco General Hospital in psych emergency. And so she would, you know, she would talk about very professionally, of course, because, you know, of her HIPAA laws or whatever that is. Um, she would talk about, you know, I just saw someone and yes, they um, are clinically listed as psycho uh, schizophrenic, but what if there is another energy that is coming through? And the fact that I could have that kind of conversation with her acknowledged me in a way that no one else had ever done. And I loved it. And then there's another moment that uh, is important to me and just shows you just what kind of person I'm with is I was doing a clear channeling. I channel in an energy of, you know, from the fifth dimension and it was time to, to do it in public. And I was nervous. I was really nervous. And it was in Venetia at Angel Heart for You. D, I'd asked D to come and be my, um, you know, to be my support. Which, just so you know, my mom wouldn't do it. Nobody else in my family would have done it in the past. So I would have my Swami mommy do it. But D was the first person to do this in my relationship, which was amazing. And then uh, we went out to the water, and I said, I just need to do this really quick. And um, and I channeled in the fifth dimension and I, it, it, was it, was it a, a message for myself, right? D, is that what happened? So um, I said it out loud, a message to myself from the fifth dimension. And when I came out of it, D thought it was like the coolest thing ever, you know, no fear, no it fear. It is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, so, you know, I, I get to be with someone who accepts all of me you know, oh, even beautiful. the, yeah, even the Klingon stuff. So. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about, you've both, I think mentioned that you regard your spiritual path as, as being different or distinct. And I'm curious to hear you explain in a couple of sentences, kind of what your path, each of you, what your path is and how it's different from your partner's path and, and how you make that work. I'm, I'm getting a sense of it, but it would be interesting to hear it spoken to more precisely. You wanna go first? No, you can go. So my spiritual path is um, very much connected to my ancestors. Being, being, uh, having family from Indonesia, I take great pride in, um, in ritual, animism, source, uh, faith healers, you name it, everything that's out there. And um, what I love is that, is that uh, D's faith, I get to participate in and I, I get to be a part of it and, and there's no judgment. It's like, hey, here's, here's Sid, you know? 
let's have some fun. Let's welcome to the group. And so there's a there's a genuine um, there's a genuine love there, and it doesn't matter what what my faith is. And it's the same with D. Is that I will go in and I'll say, hey, I got to do a ritual. It's time to clear the house. And she goes, okay, what do we need to do? And so there's a huge acceptance of 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 my faith um, within her now. She, she believes, you know, she, and that's the thing I love. She says, I believe this stuff. And, and so to be accepted that way is, is pretty damn amazing. I think, I think uh, I was raised in the, you know, Catholic schools. And so I have a little bit of that always weighing on my, on my heart. And um, the Catholic church isn't very accepting of of, of gay lifestyle, you know, you know, depends on where you're at and what church you go to, but for the most part, it's still taboo. And, you know, it's hard to tear away from that, especially like the rituals, which are really beautiful and the statues and all that kind of stuff. I also grew up with a grandparent. I'm half, I'm half Latin. And my, uh, like what, if I needed something, like, let's say I was going for a job interview or something like that, I would go to my grandmother and say, Hey, can you handle this? And what, what they would do is they'd go into their closet and they'd torture the stains. I don't know what that was, but they would take the statues and do something with them. And then inevitably the good thing would happen. And I'd, you know, like I'd go and thank my grandmother for like torturing the statues. My kids actually do it with me now. And so it's kind of a mix of like all kinds of stuff, but there's always been sort of a, I know that there's something out there. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but I, often pray to it. And I ask, I have asked a few times in my life for a sign and the sign has been given, not exactly how I wanted it, but you know, uh, like I said, I don't drink and it's partially because I'm in recovery. But one time I was pretty desperate and I asked, you know, hey, whatever's up there, you know, if the God, Jesus, Zen, whatever you are, can you help me out? I'm pretty in a bad way. I got arrested 12 times. You know what I mean? Like that's not, that's not what I would have asked for. As I've progressed through my life, I now ask for a well-lit path. I ask for a well-lit path rather than a hammer on the head, which was the 12 arrests. Uh, but um, I'm, I'm I, a lot of my faith is through the 12 steps and not like, you know, like in the 12 steps, you can believe anything you want, only that there's something bigger than you. And that's what I believe, that there's something bigger than me that guides my life and it leads me to a life of integrity and you know, just sort of being a decent human being. And the stuff that Sid does, I love it. It's like magic. It's like, I like, um, I've been on, re uh, I'm on hip replacement rehab and she has all these bells downstairs. And uh, because I don't want the sick down there, I go around ringing all those bells because she says it clears the energy. I freaking feel it. I love it. I'm down for that. You know, it's kind of like being an AA. That's just somebody else's higher power. I'm like, yes, ring a bell. So I love Cynthia's bells. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love them. And she she was speaking something the other day about needing to to clean a space before she could go from point A to point B. And I was like, wow, I wouldn't have even thought of that. But then I was like, but that's how Cynthia thinks. Cynthia yeah. wouldn't do it without following her protocols, basically. And um, it I agree with you. I love Cynthia too. I think she's just lovely and charming and, and has wonderful beliefs and faith to share with all of mankind. So, yeah, I just think, I think like it manifests or it looks different on the outside, but I do think that like one thing 
the, where the, again, where it crosses is that, you know, just a belief that that is a possibility, whatever it is, my belief's a possibility, her beliefs, a po we don't come to the table and going my way or no way. So uh, yeah, which is really, really kind of helpful. Well, I think it's, I think it's great. Cynthia, is there anything you want to add before we wrap up? Actually, the only thing is uh, Dee said something that I also believe in, and I believe in it with, with our relationship as well, Michelle, which is integrity, or we'll call it vibe, right? Integrity vibe to me, it's the same thing. Dee has great integrity. And, um, and so whenever I want to go wonky, I have this great um, example in Dee. And, um, and the reason that I love hanging with you, Michelle, is that you've got great integrity and, and I respect it. I love it. And it just, it just feels, feels so much better to be around with people, around people with such integrity. And I think that's the thing that, that keeps us all where we are or who we want to be with is we are all at the same levels of integrity. Make sense? It does, although I'm going to take it and say that I think part of your version of integrity is what I would just call simply love. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's simply treating other people with deep respect. And that's exactly what I am hearing in spades as both of you talk about your relationship. I'll take deep, it. Deep love, deep love and, um, and respect and curiosity and love of common interests, like walking on the beach and football pools. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Dee, for being our guest today. You've been listening to It's All Connected with Michelle Walters and Cynthia Varkavisser. Today, we've been speaking to Dee Hampton about her relationship with Cynthia. Please don't forget, subscribe to our podcast, Follow us, listen to us weekly as we bring you more interviews with special guests to come. You've been listening to It's All Connected.